I want to welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner and I serve as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And today I am so thankful that I have the great privilege of interviewing and visiting with a very dear friend, Justin Vanderveer. I've known Justin for a number of years. I have grown to love him as my own and I appreciate the incredible work that he is doing in recovery ministry. And so he's gonna be talking to us today and over the next few sessions a lot about the idea of recovery, what leaders need to know in regards to recovery and how that works where he's at there in Fort Worth. So Justin, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Bob. It's a, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, the Lord knows what you need and I needed you in my life. So I thank him all the time for that. Well, I appreciate that. It's it's mutual and it's been very good. I've really enjoyed it. We've put a lot of conversation over a lot of miles out on the trail, haven't we? <laughs> Amen. That's right. Well, listen, tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us about kind of where you came from that's brought you into recovery ministry. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, when, when my father left at 12, um, I looked around and I tried to fill that hole. Uh, as it happened, I ended up gravitating towards boys who had no father um, themselves. It ended up being the blind leading the blind, uh, really. Uh, my entire life, though, has been leading up to this moment uh, where I am today. And, um, well, either this moment or, or death uh, was only the only other option. At a certain point, I chose life, right? I, um, that's really the story of recovery. It's really the story of reconciliation, and it's certainly the story of Christ, that we find ourselves by finding him and then losing ourselves. So before that point, though, I had created an identity around my pain and emptiness, and I perpetuated that cycle with all sorts of addictive behavior. Uh, this was reinforced again by that community of, of really just people trying to figure it, figure it out. Um, but it was reinforced, and at times, it, there was a really strong bond there that existed in those uh, uh, negative addictive communities that I existed in. And I, I like a quote, um, Carl Jung had this quote. He says that in the father wound, demons plea. And I think I was, I know I was um, wrestling with many of those demons my entire life and that most of those were um, in relation to just trying to fill a God-sized hole that I had. Um, so this has been a pursuit of my entire life. I'm now um, 30 years old, um, but it's been something I've known since I was probably one of my first memories even uh, was just the influence of uh, drugs and alcohol. And it, you know, has perpetuated um, and culminated to this moment where now I get to serve the highest purpose 
in life, which is to glorify God in all that I do. And I get to do that in the context of recovery. Well, tell us a little bit about where your journey in recovery started, because you you started out with um, a place called, is it Renewal Ranch? Is that right? That's right. So, you know, actually, that's not where the journey started. The journey started um, back in Greenbrier, Arkansas, in the little barbecue joint. You probably know the joint. It's not there any longer, but uh, it was right off of Highway 65. They had a little barbecue joint. Uh, Backwood Barbecue, I think, is what it was called, something like that. They used to have an AA meeting in the back of that joint. And I went there at about 13, uh, 14 years old, maybe, and was introduced to this concept of recovery through there. Went through a lot of uh, junk, we'll say, in between there and 21. Uh, 21, I went through a treatment center, uh, a rehab, and I got uh, clean for a little bit of time. And so Renewal Ranch was actually the last step on, the last stop, I should say, on this uh, journey. And it's, you know, that's been um, six and a half years ago, I guess. Now, uh, that was where before I had the 12 steps in AA and had uh, all that. And then AA, they'll say you've got a, a, a belly full of alcohol you know and a head full of aa and it doesn't mix and it didn't but what was missing was the christ component which i received at renewal ranch and at a certain point while i was there um although i didn't want to be there and i was kind of just buying my time for the first month probably uh something broke loose inside of me my heart softened uh, and that really just came through um reading for the first time actually reading for the first time myself the bible and it was a game changer um so yeah renewal ranch it's a great organization for men um i ended up after graduating from their program working for them and supervising um, anywhere from 12 to 20 guys of all ages from 18 to to as old as uh 65 i think was one of the older uh, guys we had but um yeah that's that's where that that leg of the journey began um that's where i really started to take a real hard look at um, my own heart instead of just engaging in the process of sobriety i started engaging in the process of transformation well, and you there at Renewal Ranch is where you really began actually working in some sort of a recovery ministry. That's right. That's right. I mean, it is uh, it was such a God thing. You know, I. I was. Sitting behind plexiglass in uh, a jail cell uh, in Faulkner County, and someone came to me and said, you got two options. You can sit here uh, and eventually they'll let you out, you know, or you can come to this place and um, try something different. Now, I'll be honest with you, at the time, going to that place versus sitting in the place I was, was a much better option. Um, and I think my, my motives were probably not 
uh, you know, in line with where I am today, uh, there's cer certainly self-seeking. Um, but being out there and experiencing the love of God um, was something I hadn't experienced. Um, the people were very genuine. Um, there was, it was a, it was like drinking water from a fire hydrant in a lot of ways. Uh, but that really, to me, it opened up something inside of me, this, that I didn't know existed, which was always there. And it was this desire. I always loved people. I was always really, I always gravitated towards people. I loved to be with people. And so I realized that this was a heart um, that I had was to walk alongside people who were hurting and just be a friend. And I got to do that there for a short period of time. And I'm trying to do that now. Um, and every, you know, each day that the Lord gives me. Sure. Well, and I know you had you traveled down the journey of some educational route and, and you're still working in some of that area, but I know you're working now with an organization at the uh, Southside congregation in Fort Worth and you direct a program called hope or hope ministries. You would tell us a little bit about what hope stands for and about particularly your role um, and what you do with hope. Yes, I do work for, uh, uh, I work for the Southside Church of Christ uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. They have a ministry of recovery. Um, the, the title of the class I teach and kind of the bigger ministry is the hope ministry. Uh, hope is an acronym. It stands for heavenly options for pain and emptiness. This is a work that actually has been ongoing and evolving for about 20 years, um, maybe a, a little over 20 years at this point. And I, I took over for uh, a man, Dan Leaf, uh, who had been a domestic missionary in a lot of ways and had um, seen a need and started to try to fill that need. And so um there's you know there's an extra tagline to uh the hope brand if you will the hope class um so it stands for heavenly options excuse me heavenly options for pain and emptiness but a friend of mine who has spent you know over a decade in prison he loved a that it's heavenly options for pain and emptiness because pain and emptiness trips us up hmm. So it's a place um, where people can find genuine support. Uh, they can find a loving community. And hopefully, if they want it, they can find lasting victory. It's Christ-centered. It's a Christ-centered change, um, our model for change. And I believe it works. Again, it, it takes some effort on the individual's part. Um, but I've seen lasting victory from several people um, around the six, seven, um, some up up to 20 years um, sober. And but it's more than that. It's it's deeper than that, because true change goes deeper than sobriety. 
And that's really the difference with the Hope Ministry is we offer um, an option for those deeper issues. Uh, anyone can work uh, a process in which it that process leads to uh, sobriety, whether that's from drugs or whether that's from uh, something maybe that we look at as less uh, damaging, a compulsion to food or compulsion to uh, TV or entertainment of any kind. You know, these things, maybe we don't put it on the same um, level as a, a drug addiction, but true change, the change that hits you in where you live, in your heart, kind of that uh, Hebrews 4.12 idea of getting into the uh, the joints and the marrow and, and all of you, just cutting you right where you are. Um, that is what the Hope Group is for and about. Uh, and our vision is that we want to be a harmonious bridge between the church and recovery. And we believe that that um, Jesus as our higher power is able to to do that. It's the the group conscious that that Jesus is our higher power. And you're not going to always get that um, where you're going to go for recovery. And so that's that's something that's a little bit different. Um, so I think that's. Um, there's a lot that goes into the transformation process. Um, and that's what we are primarily focusing on. We meet people where they're at, but we don't let them stay there. And to me, that's grace. Grace is saying, I accept you where you're at, but mm -hmm. I'm going to love you to try to help you get to where God would like you to be. Yeah, I love that. So just for perspective, Give people an idea of about how many men and women are a part of hope and it, and it come through that program. Wow. So, you know, before this generation's apocalypse, I feel like, you know, if we're talking biblically apocalypse being kind of a revealing uh, uncovering of things before <laughs> all of this uh, COVID-19, our average was in the high 60s or 70s on a, on a Sunday, um, uh, sometimes in the 80s of people who would attend the class. Um, but as a whole over the years and those who are still coming back and are, would consider themselves a part of the group, uh, it's in the hundreds. Um, mm. And those who are affected uh, by the the hope ministry every week it's in the hundreds um, because somebody may not come to the class um, on a Wednesday or a Sunday but they're in the process of getting to that point you know they're coming through the door for another need and we're meeting them there where that's where that need is um, and counseling with them and, and walking alongside of them and trying to maybe help them get into treatment. And then once they're in treatment, then we can uh, go get them and bring them to our class where now that is a, uh, a really mutual 
mutually beneficial relationship. Um, we're able to share the, the good news and they're able to get their paperwork signed. Right. Right. And again, it works for me, you know, Hey, do you want to sit here or do you want to come over here? Um, and I think that's the best that any of us can do is just offer that option and uh, let the Lord do what the Lord does. That's right. Well, and the reason I asked is because I think leaders and congregations need to be aware that this situation is much more vast than they probably are aware. And the need to have some sort of ministry within the congregation to help those who are dealing with pain and emptiness, uh, whatever that may be, that there's an avenue where they can get help and the church is where they should be able to get that help. That's what the church does is help people. And, and so that's the reason I'm, I'm excited about highlighting this ministry and talking with you about it. Of course, knowing your journey and, and being able to know the ministry that you're involved in, I think just provides such a, a great asset to not only the church there, but for where I know you want to see that expand into for other congregations uh, around the globe and to be able to see how they can get involved. So I appreciate it much. And, I, you know, every time I do one of these uh, podcasts, I'm always fascinated with how quickly the time goes by. And it's like, <laughs> hey, that's going to have to wrap that up. And <laughs> so anyway, I, I want to thank you for your time and, and to welcome others to not only uh, listen to this podcast, but to continue to listen, we're going to do some more sessions where we talk with Justin about the work that he's involved in and how leaders in the church can gain uh, information from this ministry and how it can help them as leaders in developing ministries within their congregation. So, Justin, thank you. And uh, thank you to everyone who listened in. I uh, hope that you've been blessed by the time that we've had together. Hope that you'll continue to listen as we uh, dig more deeply into this subject and uh, try to help leaders in an area that will certainly benefit reaching out into the world in which we live. Have a blessed day and we'll see you next time.